0: Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast. It's been a couple weeks since the last episode, and in that time, the Big West landscape has shifted a bit for the Hawaii men's basketball team. UH rode a three-game winning streak, started by a huge overtime win over UC Irvine, to get back to 500 in league play heading into this weekend's two-game home set with conference co-leader UC Santa Barbara. One constant during the Rainbow Warriors' improved play has been sophomore guard Justin Webster, today's guest who's gone from volume shooter in a pinch to the epitome of efficiency in the relatively short time since the co-captain arrived from the Hargrave Military Academy in Virginia. The reigning Big West Player of the Week is coming off an absurd shooting series against Cal Poly in which he missed just twice in 15 attempts, never forcing anything and making seemingly every open look he got. That included 8 for 9 on threes, helping bump his scoring average to a team-high 13.8 per game on 51.4% overall shooting, and 44.6% from long range. Compare that to 37.3% and 33% as a freshman. It's a remarkable leap. Meanwhile, the Rainbow Warriors are down to 11 available players following the confirmation by Aranganat that Bernardo da Silva is done for the year with an injury. Cameron Ng, the local walk-on, recently opted out citing COVID concerns, and Juco pickup Manel Ayol went to the transfer portal a while back. While UH has still got more than enough players for a regular playing rotation, It hurts when it comes to practice prep and scouting opponents. It'll be interesting to see how the Bows negotiate that challenge the rest of the way. But now, let's get ready for the man of the week, Justin Webster. Check out Mike and Kara at NoKaOi Automotive in Kalihi for all your vehicle repairs and maintenance needs. Quick turnaround, affordable, honest, and ASE certified. Call or text 842-6453 to schedule an appointment today. That's 842-MIKE or email nokaoiauto at gmail.com. The best part, mention the Court Sense podcast for a 10% discount. All right, and welcome back to the Court Sense podcast. It has been a couple weeks since we were on the air. Uh we have a very timely and special guest this week that being Justin Webster of the Hawaii men's basketball team coming off a big West player of the week honor and performance over the weekend in a two-game sweep of Cal Poly. Justin Webster, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Fantastic. Uh you know, it's been a special privilege to get active players of the team on uh this this season so far you're you're the second guy Kaz and Jardine came on a few weeks ago, so uh I know you're in you're in high demand this week man uh coming off your award you haven't you been like hit up by every news organization on the island
1: everyone like Neil's been having me do a lot of stuff this week, but you know I enjoy talking to the people and I enjoy I'm telling them how we're, how we're doing, and I enjoy winning, so it's paying off.
0: Yeah, Justin. So you guys after that two game sweep of Cal Poly have pulled yourself back up to five hundred in the Big West Conference at an even five and five, heading into a what could be a pivotal two game home series against UC Santa Barbara this weekend. What is your general outlook for this two game uh, set against the gauchos, Justin?
1: Um, you know, they're a very, you know, very experienced team, very talented team. Um, you know, they got um, you know, who I think is the league M V P right now and Jacory McCafflin. he's playing at a high level. Um, So, you know, our job is just to maintain him, you know, try to slow him down, try to take away easy, easy looks for him. But, um, you know, for us, all we got to do is continue to play hard, um, play as a team and continue to do what we do that we have done these past three games. You know, we've shown teams that we can play together, we can play as one and that we can score the basketball. So, um, you know, going into this week, we know what we have to do. We know that we have to lock in defensively and on offense. You know, we have to avoid scoring droughts and we have to find easy looks for, um, you know, for everybody on the team. So. Um we have a really good feeling going into this week um you know we're gonna we're gonna uh, prep the same way we've been doing each week and um we'll be ready to go
0: Justin it's pretty rare that any team gets six straight home games uh it's just one one byproduct of what's been a very uh strange <laughs> strange season for for i'm sure you guys as players for the coaching staff or uh watchers and supporters of the rainbow warriors and then media types like me to uh make sense of in some ways. What has it been like for you guys as players, um, especially after that last series with UC San Diego was was canceled and changed to you guys suddenly hosting Cal Poly all all of a sudden? What was that like, and what has it been like in general over the six straight games at home?
1: You know, we actually, um, you know, we enjoy staying here, playing at home. A lot of us don't really like traveling just because we're stuck in a hotel. can't really do much can't see our families, can't see, um, can't see anybody. So for us being able to stay at home, you know, was just like, uh, you know, a celebration for us. We was happy that we was able to stay home and, um, you know, it's helped us a lot, you know, although there's not fans in the stadium um, playing, it's still hard to play in Hawaii. You know, it's still, you have to come on that long flight and you still have to play two games against a very good team. So, um, you know, for us, it's just been great and we're trying to take advantage of it.
0: Well, you have out of late for sure. And it kind of, started in some ways I think when you guys were on the road at Cal State Fullerton right between one the, the first game and the second game uh you you told the the ESPN 3 crew after that game you know there was a, a team meeting I think I think it was players only right uh, after the uh, well, maybe you could elaborate a little bit on, on on that after the the first Fullerton game
1: Yeah um you know we had a team meeting you know um you know it was all of us and a couple coaches you know okay. we all we all sat there and we just laid out what was on our chest, what was on our mind. Um, you know, everybody just said that we hadn't been playing as one. We hasn't been playing, um, you know, hard enough to win. So um, and, and it had been showing, you know, through the, throughout those first couple of weeks. So, um, you know, our mindset going into the second game of Fullerton was, you know what, we're going to play for each other. We're going to lay that on the line and we're going to, um, you know, we're going to play as hard as we can. And so we did. And then we end up um, blowing them out. And I feel like um, after that blow, I went against Fullerton and we got back into that locker room. Um, You could just see a lot more energy, a lot more life with this team. You know, um, it was like a light switch that went off. And we knew that um, you knew we had seen what we was able to do. And we knew that we could keep on riding that, um, riding that wave. So um, with Irvine coming in that next week, we knew we had to do. We had to play hard. They're a very good team. And, um, you know, we showed that we we showed that we could play together. And So that was the biggest that was the biggest takeaway from um, that meeting um, Friday night.
0: Apologize for my dog in the background. Uh, <laughs> dog is all there. Yeah, um, she's hyper. But Justin, I mean, how, yeah, how much of those elements did you feel translated into that UC Irvine series? Because you know, Irvine has been that you know that thorn in the side kind of team for Hawaii for several for honestly as long as Hawaii's been in the Big West uh, for the most part. So, um, can you describe the feeling of after dropping a close one to them, a two point game? in which you know it came down to the last shot basically coming back the next day and and somehow finding a way to pull out that game in overtime can you compare that specific game to anything else you've been a part of
1: no i cannot you know um when we lost the first game we knew we shouldn't have lost cuz we played well enough to we played well enough to win but we didn't execute you know necessarily down the stretch so we knew we had left. We had let one slip away, but we knew coming in that second day, we had a great feeling about the game. We knew what we had to do. We knew we had to lock in defensively again and play as hard as we could. And um, you know, that's what we did. You know, credit to, you know, the coaches and, and, and my team. But um we really locked in that second day and we knew we knew what we had to do. And the feeling in that the feeling in that gym from walk around to when game time was was a different feeling I've never
0: felt before. And then <laughs> to close that game, Justin. You guys made up an insane deficit, double digit deficit in the final few minutes. Uh just just playing balls to the wall it, it looked like and um you know, Junior Madut came up with some huge plays obviously. And then you guys survive in overtime despite a few consecutive turnovers there down the stretch. How did that happen?
1: Man, you know, our you know, one thing that coach could cheat um Preaches is a fight. You know, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fight to the end. We're gonna fight till that buzzer hit zero. So you know, we're it's two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes, we're down ten. Um, we knew we knew that their guards really didn't like pressure. So we was like, look, we're gonna we're gonna up the pr-. like we have been doing pretty much all game. We have been taking them out their rhythm all game. But you know, we felt like we could have still did more. So that last two and a half minutes, we upped the pressure a lot more. We got some turnovers and we executed. I mean, in transition and and offensively. So I mean, that's all you could ask for.
0: All right, so Justin, this past weekend series, as we said, you you were named the Big West player of the week. You shot an incredible uh 13 out of 15 from the field, only two shots missed between those two games, uh on fire from three-point range, basically never missed from 3. Uh I think you might have had one maybe. But um what was um what kind of zone did you feel like you were in those those two games?
1: Um, you know, I was I was locked in, you know, I always talk to my dad and, you know, I'm always watching the the last dance, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just seeing how, um, you know, these players get locked in for games and seeing how Michael Jordan, you know, um, you know, he made a statement of how, you know, every game, he, every game there's somebody watching, you know, there's somebody watching on TV, there's little kids watching. Um, So I always want to go out there and I always want to put on a show. You know, I always want to make sure that my effort and my energy level is um, out there because, you know, there's, you know, there's little kids that look up, look up to us, especially here in Hawaii. So. Um, you know, I was very locked in in the zone from you know the whole week because you know we really didn't execute to to where we wanted to against Irvine, but we knew coming in this week that we had to execute and um, score the basketball, and um, that's what we did. And I just had it, I just had a, a nice rhythm and I had it going. So,
0: well, that uh, brought your shooting percentage for the whole season up to fifty-one percent from the floor in general, and you're you're in the forties uh, from three-point range. Uh, can, can you speak to the I guess just the that jump in efficiency I mean it it's been growing as the seasons progressed compared to your freshman year when you were uh as coach cannot like to say thrown into the fire um you know you got you got starts you got playing time as a true freshman uh not all freshmen you know get that kind of role right when they come into a division 1 program right um and you you had to put up you know double digit shots from from the field a lot of times and and you got some points you got some opportunities but the shooting percentage wasn't always there so can you talk about how that really seemed to change and improve to this point in this season
1: um you know my roles are a little different this year you know i have more of a um you know i have more of an opportunity to um, showcase what i'm good at um you know last year we had eddie we had um samuta you know we had bugs you know those guys were key guys for our offense so you know um, I was still trying to find my rhythm within the offense. This year, I kind of, um, you know, lately I've been able to find my rhythm within the offense. You know, I don't really have to force any shots. I can kind of pick and choose my spots and pick and choose where I want to shoot. So, um, you know, from freshman to sophomore year, I've definitely gotten a lot more comfortable. I've definitely found more of a rhythm. And, um, you know, that's that's been the case of my um, student percentages going up.
0: And I think, I mean, an underrated and remarkable part of that as well is your Cast around you has changed dramatically from from last year, right? I mean, it's kind of you and Mate as the guys from from last year, right? You know, still doing your thing, and obviously Mate stepped up quite a bit this year as as yourself. Um, how have you been able to incorporate all those new faces around you, get used to their games, uh, while growing your own at the same time? And I might add, you are a co captain as as a sophomore, which also has been pointed out many times, is not very common for uh D1 program in Hawaii, you're I, you're the first one since like the seventies the or something like that to have captaincy as a sophomore. Uh so how how have you kind of incorporated all those things with the backdrop of a new cast around you at the same time?
1: You know, um a lot of people, you know, earlier early on in the year, we weren't really, you know, we still didn't know how to play with each other. You know, we've only played two games against D two schools, um, not really, you know, not really what we wanted to do. So, um, you know, we didn't get a normal normal um, preseason. We didn't get a normal offseason. So we're, we were still trying to figure out how to play with each other. So, you know, going on down these games, you know, um, we're still trying to figure everybody out, you know, against Bakersfield. Um, when we dropped those two, you know, it was very hard for us. We still didn't – I mean, we still didn't have any type of rhythm, any type of flow offensively. But now that these games are started progressing, we're starting to figure out each other's games, starting to figure out where people want the ball, their spots. And so it's becoming a lot easier.
0: Gotcha. And, Justin, you personally, I mean, you're – the thing that the coaching staff I know has lauded for you um, and has been observed of you many times is, you know, your voice, your, your talk on the team, which I think is a big part of why you got that nod for co-captaincy. And that was apparent uh, to an extent last year, but I'm sure you've, you've taken that up a notch. Has that always been a part of your personality? I mean, wh- where does that come from? Uh, you know, that confidence to, to make your voice heard.
1: Um, You know, my parents always said like, I never had a problem talking or making friends. Or whatever, so, <laughs> Um, you know, I always love to talk, you know, I always love to have fun, especially with basketball. Basketball is about, you know, competing and having fun. So, um, I try to bring out my personality and try to connect with other people on the team. So, um, you know, I've always kind of had, you know, that, that factor of connecting with people, um, easily just because, um, you know, I played for my dad. So, um, he would always bring in people and, you know, um, I was the only one that pretty much knew that offense because I was the only one that had, had, had played with my dad. So, you know, um, being able to, you know, teach these guys the offense and, um, Incorporating them and creating a bond with them has been fun, and it's something that um, I've been able to do ever since I was in middle school. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so last year when you came in as a true freshman, and like we talked about, you had a a substantial role on that team last year. Uh, were were your teammates receptive to to a true freshman? You know, talking and, and making himself heard, or, or is that something they had to get used to over time?
1: Um, I think I think it was something. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know if they knew how to play because I committed so late. You know, I committed mm-hmm. you know two weeks before I had to come out here, so. Um, you know, my whole thing was I wasn't really going to say much early. I just wanted to show that I belonged here and that I could really play. And then as the season went on and I showed them that I could really play and I could really hoop, I think they started entrusting me and and my voice and everything.
0: So, Justin, since you mentioned it, committing and, and coming out here right before last season, right, uh, you were maybe one of the last guys in the door um, on that team. Can you just talk about the, the road you took? How did that all transpire? You know, when did really Hawaii become the option for you?
1: You know, it's actually funny because, um, you know, I really didn't have much coming out of um, high school. I didn't really have anything. Um, you know, there was a, whole, uh, a lot of nights where I cried, a lot of nights where I prayed because I just didn't know where I was going to go. So um, there was one other school called Siena College in New York I took a visit to. Um, they was very heavy on me um, for a while. Um, so I went and took a visit out there. You know, everything was pretty good. And I thought, you know, um Hawaii had just literally started recruiting me a week before I went to Siena. So I went to Siena and I'm thinking like I'm going to commit here this is the school I'm going to be at, you know. I'm just getting my mind prepared to go here and then my dad said how about we take one more visit to Hawaii. And I said okay cool, you know, go to Hawaii, you know, you know, take a trip, you know, and then nothing nothing I didn't, I didn't really expect anything. I I didn't really expect anything. I thought my mom was made up on going to um Siena college in New York. So I came out here and then just the vibe with the coaches and everything was just different, you know. Coach not showed me ways of um, how he could play me, and um, the coaching staff was just so um, family oriented, and I loved it. So um, leaving leaving Hawaii and going back home and talking with my family, I I told him I said I think Hawaii may be the best fit. I said let's pray on it for a couple of days, but I think Hawaii may be the best fit, and so we prayed on it. Um, I talked to my grandparents, I talked to my sister because my sister's my best friend, and so I was telling her like. I think Hawaii may be the fit. it may be far, but I think it's the best one. And my sister was just telling me to follow my heart, and that you know she'd always support me. And so, um, when it came down to it, I picked Hawaii, and uh, you know I'm, I'm grateful and I'm blessed that I picked this school. And I'm grateful for the opportunity I've been, been able to have.
0: So you you were almost a Siena saint. I think that's I think that's their their nickname, right, Justin? Yes. Yes. <laughs> almost a Siena saint up there in the the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. That that would have been quite a different experience, I have to imagine. Justin you've made reference to your father um Jeff Webster right he he was a former Oklahoma standout all conference player for the Sooners went on as a as a second round NBA draft pick for the Miami yes, Heat uh yes, what what kind of what kind of role did he have in your upbringing basketball and otherwise and it sounds like you you still kind of lean on him a lot for for advice and communication
1: yeah you know my dad has been to places and done the things I want to do so you know growing up um he was very, very hard on me. People don't understand how hard he was on me. Um, you know, at at times I would get frustrated because I didn't understand why he was so hard on me. But he saw something in me that, you know, only only parents could see, only a father figure could see. So you know, um, I didn't really understand. I really didn't understand why until I got to middle school. I got to middle school and realized, like, wow, like my skill set is is very much higher than a lot of these kids I'm playing against. So um, ever since middle school into high school and now. You no, know, I lean on him for everything. You know, he's he's been through a lot of the things I've been through. So, um, anytime I have a question, I ask him. He's always able to lead me in the right direction. He's always able to tell me the right thing. So, um, I appreciate him. He's been a great father figure, and I, I love him.
0: How uh, how different out of curiosity is was his game, or maybe he still plays? You know, uh, does his nah, thing at all? <laughs>
1: nah, he doesn't play at all. Okay, he won't play me one on one anymore. I don't know why.
0: What what age did that did that stop?
1: I want to say that stopped early, like like when I was in like fourth, fifth grade. Maybe he stopped. It was a wrap. He couldn't. Wow. It was, yeah, it was it was early, 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 early.
0: Okay, maybe you were getting too good too fast or something like that.
1: Evidently, evidently, I don't <laughs> think he was. Ready. I was getting too fast, too quick for him. So I think he, I think he slowed it down.
0: Well, Justin, have you seen like much film of your dad? I mean, uh, how how have you kind of patterned some of the stuff you're doing to what he did or What's the, the compare and contrast like with your game and his game?
1: Uh, me and him really could shoot the basketball. Um uh, he was a big man, so he played he played a four. He played he he played like the four. Um he was he was more of a post up, you know, um uh, mid range guy. You know, um he definitely his mid-range is definitely way better than mine. That was his game. Um I shoot the three way better than him, but um one thing I take away from his game is the way he shoot the the way he shot the basketball and the way he picked his spots. He knew um where his spots were on the floor and he went to them in certain situations when they need the bucket or if he had it going. So um, I definitely take the shooting away from him. Um, I handle the ball better, a, a lot better than he did, because he ain't really dribble the basketball. But, um, yeah, that's one thing I take away from his game.
0: So he's a mid-range guy. Does he Does he kind of bemoan, like, the how the game has changed over time? No one takes mid-range anymore.
1: Yeah, nah, he's just like, you know, people either – everything is, is, is three or getting all the way to the basket. Nobody shoots the mid-range anymore. So he's just kind of like – you know, he, he he taught me how to shoot the basketball. So now me being able to shoot threes, he's just saying like, man, the game has changed a lot because all he did was shoot mid-range, so.
0: Well, Justin, I will say your shot, I mean, it's a very easy stroke. It, it doesn't look like it takes a lot of effort on your part. It's it just kind of a fluid motion. How has how that, um, you know, been honed or, or crafted over, over time as far as your shooting motion?
1: you know, my dad never, my dad never really let me shoot threes up until I was in middle school. Everything was, um, you know, there's that, you know, there's the charge circle. And so I would always, every day, every single day, um, for the first 30, 45 minutes of the workout with the heavy ball, I would shoot about 25 going all the way around and all the way back. And, you know, some days he made me do, you know, 10 in a row all net. So, you know, um, you know, that he he was just building touch. He was just building touch, you know, getting me familiar with shooting the basketball. And, you know, once I got to uh, around middle school and um, a certain age where I was strong enough to shoot the three, um, everything just, it was just natural. Like I just naturally had a, um, a nice touch to my jump shot and I just, you know, the more I kept on practicing and the more I was able to, you know, shoot deeper, shoot farther and it became a lot more easier.
0: So it sounds like you didn't, you weren't even really, int- that part of the game wasn't, Introduced to you until you you were kind of physically ready for it or close yeah to that. gotcha yes, I mean it's, it seems like it's paid off in the long run for you um Justin I'm curious, I want to ask you a little bit about you know you've touched on your your younger days, your middle school days high school wise i mean you you came here from the Hargrave military Academy. What was that experience like? What was your reaction when I guess it was decided you'd be going to a military academy and uh how, how has that shaped who you are to this day
1: um you know, leaving my leaving my school in uh, Dallas, Texas was very hard. I had been there since you know I had been there since the first grade. I had made you know you know lifelong friendships. You know, I still talk to all my brothers from um, from the school. But you know, leaving that school was very tough. Um, I didn't actually think it would happen, you know, ever. But it 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 came down to me, you know, me wanting more, me wanting to play against you know better competition and everything. So um, when it came down to it, um, you know, Hargrave was the first school that reached out. And, um, you know, once they reached out, you know, my dad was like, we have to go take it busy." You know, we got to find you a school quickly because it was it was somewhere between mid-June, July, um, where it was time for me to pick a school. So um, so I don't know where I was going. So um, we went out there and, you know, everything they told me, I just loved it. You know, I, it was a military school. I had to cut my hair, but I was there for who I was there for one reason. I was to play basketball. Um, um, You know, going there was very tough, very tough, you know, in the military, uniform every day. Um, hot, cold, um, you know, where I stayed, there was no AC or there was no heat. So whatever the temperature was outside was what it was inside. So if it's 90 degrees outside, it's 90 degrees inside. If it's 20 degrees outside, it's 20 degrees inside. So it was very, very tough. You know, it was very, it was a very disciplined, uh, oriented school. Um, you had to do everything right, everything to perfection. I had to make my bed every morning. I had to clean my room every morning. Everything had to be spotless. And, you know, that's, you know, it just, Taught me, you know, how to live on my own and prepare me for the college life. You know, um, I currently live by myself out here, so I'm taking care of my room. Um, I don't make my bed every day; I don't do that, but I do clean. I do clean my room. I do um, make sure I do all the all the necessary things I have to do to keep my room clean. So um, credit to um, Hargrave, but they turned me into the man I am today. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm blessed and thankful for him.
0: Now, yeah, uh, well said. Um, I, I, I do see your room behind you on on the Zoom call. It does look fairly tidy. You got. All your shirts uh, hung up there, n- nicely done in a row. I, I see a uh, Kobe Bryant uh, poster on the wall back there. It's just past a year, Justin, since since Kobe's passing. Um, what kind of, I guess, figure was was he for you as far as uh, maybe a guy you looked up to? And do do you remember your reaction on that day? And I guess did you think about that when the year just passed?
1: Um, I do. You know, I've had an opportunity to meet Kobe. Um, one time and we sat down and we had a, um, you know, 10, 15 talk talking. He was just telling me, you know, things have had to be great. He said, if you want to be great, you have to do things that people don't want to do. You know, you have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. You have to work out. You have to work out three times a day. You have to do things that people don't want to do. And, you know, he just told me, you know, I'll never forget. He told me you have to be comfortable by getting uncomfortable. And so, um, you know, that stuck with me ever since then. And when he passed, you know, um, it was a very hard day for not only me, but, you know, everybody on this team um my family um I felt like I felt like a family figure had had died so um it was very tough but um you know I'm thankful for I'm thankful for that that talk that he had with me I'm thankful for um the lessons I've been able I'm thankful for being able to watch him and learn lessons for him so you know with it being a year I can't believe it I feel like the year went by so fast just because of you know COVID and this and last year being a tough year but um I'm thankful for the opportunity that I've had of um growing up and being able to watch him play.
0: What was the circumstance that you got to meet him and, and actually kind of sit down and talk with him for a little while?
1: Um there's a um there's a big time camp in um Vegas that um I play in the league called the EYBL. And so the top players from those camp, the top players from that from the EYBL go play at this camp. Now, I wasn't one of the top players, but um my dad knew the people who ran the camp, so I was able to go there and I was able to watch and um you know, he after after the camp one day they said that Kobe was in the building, that he was coming talk to the coming talk to the players and coming and talk to the people in there. So I was able to sit in the room with all those players and hear him talk and then after I was able to um, you know, share a moment with him, you know, dap him up, um, you know, take a picture with him and everything. So it was very awe inspiring moment and I'll never forget it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Uh so did you grow up uh like were you a Lakers fan or more of a Mavs fan? I mean you're a Dallas guy, right? No,
1: I always grew up a, um, I grew up a Lakers fan. Um, when, when I could, when I first figured out um, what basketball was, and I watched TV and I figured out who Kobe was, I was a Lakers fan from that point on. Wow!
0: Even and through now to the LeBron era,
1: still now I'm a, Laker, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a Lakers fan because of Kobe, and I still support him.
0: I feel like there's been an inordinate amount of Lakers fans on as guests on this podcast. This is, as a lifelong Spurs fan, this is kind of a disturbing development for me. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to do something about this, but but that's fine. I'll I'll allow it for for the moment. Um, Justin, what what's the other? You got like a jersey hanging up behind you? Um, oh the, yeah,
1: there's a, um. So that's my high school jersey, the blue one of uh, um when I was at my high school in Texas. My um, it's Prestonwood Christian Academy jersey, and then that's my EYBL jersey of when I played the EYBL.
0: Nice, awesome. All right, let's let's jump back for a couple more questions to to this weekend, Justin. The task task at hand with UC Santa Barbara. I mean, you mentioned, uh, there, there's kind of a big West caliber player of the year, uh, player in, uh, Jacquard McLaughlin, uh, for, for Santa Barbara. He's been there for a few years now. Um, Amadou So, a very talented big man, right? In the front court. What do you think will be key in, in slowing that team down and, uh, doing what you guys hope to do against the Gauchos?
1: You know, it's not easy, you know, taking away their best, taking away their best players. We can only try to limit them so much, you know, um, I've I've, since I've been here or since I've been watching basketball, I've never really seen anybody take away their best player. The the best players always going to figure out some way to have an impact on the game, but we have to be able to limit his impact on the game. So, you know, he averages 17, he shoots 50%, 45 from three with five assists and one turnover in Ja'Cory McAflin. So we have to try to limit, you know, his assists, his um, playmaking, you know, his impact on the game. And then for Amadou Sou, it's just, you know, um, we can't let him get deep catches. We can't let him finish around the rim. We can't let him get going. Because, you know, when he gets going, it's, as he showed last year when we played at UC Santa Barbara, when he gave us 30, he's very hard to stop. So, um, for us, it's just, you know, we're going to tone, tone in defensively. Um, you know, we still have uh, practice today. You know, we're going to go through um, more of their stuff today. And um, But we'll be ready. You know, as long as we can try to limit those guys and make other people around them score, we'll, we'll have, a, we'll have a, um, a great opportunity win in winning this game.
0: Well, for your guys' part, Justin, you're one of a few players now who's scored 20-plus in a game a couple times. Kaz Jardine has shown he could do it. James Jean-Marie, of course, Junior Modute. Uh, now, I think you are the team's leading scorer overall after your outburst this past weekend. With you possibly being, you know, the, the guy at the top of the scouting report for Santa Barbara when they're they're looking at you guys and how to slow you guys down. How do you think you might adjust or react to to being, you know, one of the guys they may be keen on?
1: You know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to continue to play my game. I'm going to continue to pick and choose my spots. But, um, you know, I kind of, you know, a lot of people tell me to be aggressive early. But, you know, my whole thing is I got to find rhythm within the game. So I'm going to see how they're guarding me. I'm going to see how they're playing me. I'm, and I'm going to adjust accordingly. You know, um, my game is based on solely in-game adjustments. You know, um, you know, my coaches are going to tell gonna tell me um, how they're going to guard me or how they're going to guard us and, um, you know, what looks to – what looks to make and and what plays to make, but um for me it's just gonna be an in game adjustment. You know, I'm gonna see how they guarded me. I'm gonna see if they um if they help off strong side, if they tag and stuff like that. So for me, um I'm not really necess- I'm not really um you know concerned with 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 how they're gonna play me. I'm still gonna um you know play my game and figure out how to have an impact on this game.
0: Last main question or topic for you, Justin, and I'll let you go. I asked Kaz and Jardine this as well, being that it has been such a weird year, right? As far as the the protocols and the demands and the, the schedule, uh, six straight games at home. As we said, you guys are getting COVID tested like a few times a week, right? Uh, still, um, yes, what, what's that like? Is it just routine to you now? Uh, and has that been the, the, the strangest part of this whole season?
1: It has been the strangest part, but it has become a routine. Like we know every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to get tested. So, you know, we go in there, we do the tests and then, you know, um, you know, I never expect anybody on our team to test uh, positive, um, you know, for the most part, we've all tested negative. So we go in there, we do the test and then we just go on, we get ready for practice, going going about practice in the day. So um, it's become more of a routine for me, but, you know, it's definitely weird. You know, I never expected you know, myself to have a wear, I never expected myself to wear a mask everywhere and, you know, in anything I do. So it's definitely been weird, but it's definitely becoming more of a habit now.
0: And a follow-up to that, you know, when this whole pandemic started, even before this season, Justin, what was kind of your level of caution or, a, as you said, you guys as a team, that there's been no COVID outbreaks yet within the team. Um, you personally, like, what, what's your kind of approach to how to be careful with this thing and um, take take whatever precautions you feel are necessary?
1: You know, wear your mask and just try to stay away from as many people as you can, you know. Um, that's been the biggest Lesson for me, you know, don't, don't try to be around too many people. Um, Continue to wear your mask and to continue to um, um do what you have to do. Um, Don't make it harder on yourself or don't make it harder on anybody else because um, a lot of people around, especially around here, are not playing with it. Um, They're taking it very seriously, so it's only right for you to take it seriously. So um, wear your mask everywhere you go and try to stay with them, as many people as you can.
0: All right, well, um, with any luck, that will carry you through to the Big West Tournament, and uh, you you guys will be able to play every game on the schedule the rest of the way. Justin Webster, thank you so much for coming on the Court Sense Podcast.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.